Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 8, 22 through um, 27. Hear the words of our Lord. We know that the whole of creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the hearts, knows what's on the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let me continue the timeline. So last week, Bishop Hayes explained to us that that Sunday marked the Protestant calendar as Ascension Sunday. So just to jog your memory a little, Ascension Sunday is the time that we remember. After Christ died, he appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days, proving that he was alive indeed as he helped the disciples continue their journey. One night, Jesus told the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait on the promise of God, that promise being the Holy Spirit. On that very day, after continuing to ask questions of Jesus and be in conversation with him, Christ was taken up, and a cloud hid him from their sight as he ascended into heaven. Hence the celebration, Ascension Sunday. Now picture the disciples jaw-dropped in awe, as I'm sure most of us would be, as they looked at each other like, okay, what do we do next? And much to our surprise, the disciples actually listened. You know, the disciples don't have the greatest track record of following Jesus' directions, that's probably why Jesus had to come back and reappear and reappear to them so many times because they just didn't get it. But they listened, and they waited to receive God's promise of the Spirit, which we celebrate this Sunday. So fast forward to chapter 2 of Acts where Pentecost takes place. All the disciples were gathered in one place. And suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came from heaven and filled the house they were in. Scripture tells us that tongues like fire came and rested on each and each and every one of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The disciples began speaking in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to. And people gathered from all different nations heard the glory of God being proclaimed in their native tongue. The work of the Spirit was so great 
that many of the people gathered there thought the disciples had a little too much wine that day. So Peter stood up to address them, and he said, It's only 9 a.m. These people aren't drunk. They're filled with the Spirit. He reminds his Jewish brothers and sisters of what the prophet Joel spoke, where God promised the Spirit would be poured out on all of God's people, where the young would prophesy, and God would liberate his people with the help of the Holy Spirit. Peter continued to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, and people were cut to the core. And they began to ask, what do we do with this newfound information? The Spirit was so moving at that moment that it urged a large group of people to move forward in their faith. The Spirit was so moving that people of faith stood dead in their tracks and they committed their lives fully to Christ. The Spirit moved in such a mighty way that over 3,000 people were baptized and followed Christ's teachings that day. And through this, the church was born. Today, we celebrate Pentecost as the birth of the church or the universal church's birthday. We celebrate the gift of the Spirit which came to us 50 days after Easter. So let's talk about this gift of the Spirit. The Spirit is the third member of the Holy Trinity. We have God, we have the Son, and we have the Spirit all wrapped in one being. No member of the Trinity serves a primary role as it all is essential to our triune God. And in the Christian understanding, these three members are in constant communication and working together and working with one another. We have God, the creator, Christ, the redeemer, and the spirit, the sustainer, the one that upholds everything in existence. It upholds us into existence and encourages us along our walk with Christ. As followers, we need to continue to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to help us do the things God has called us to do. When we are growing Christians and when we are well-seasoned Christians, we should continue to allow the Holy Spirit to take control of more and more areas of our lives. The Spirit plays many roles in its daily interaction with our lives, the Gospel of John says that it comforts us when we are hurting. Jesus refers to the Spirit as a counselor who guides us. And in our passage today, reminds us that in our greatest times of despair, that when we've hit rock bottom and when we can't even find the words to pray, the Spirit intercedes and helps us in our weakness. Now, that doesn't mean that the Spirit does all the work for us. You and I still have a responsibility to do our part, but we can seek the Spirit and lean on it to teach us 
how to live our lives. The Spirit reminds us that Christ, in Christ, we are a new creation. And despite our hardships or shortcomings, the old is gone and the new is here. Not even the bondage of this old, corrupt world can hold us back from the work of the Spirit. What a beautiful gift God has given us to share. In our text, Paul writes that not only does the Christian community groan inwardly, but the whole of creation, the entire world, is in pain. We are reminded that the world is in such pain as we await a new world order and the relief of our suffering through Christ, redeeming power. Again, this is such a wonderful and a beautiful, beautiful gift God has given us to share. When I think of the work of the Spirit, naturally I think of love and I think of grace and I think of sharing all of that with everyone, as the disciples did that first Pentecost Sunday. As we think today of someone who embodies and reflects the very essence of the Holy Spirit, I think of four-year-old Austin who parades the streets helping all those in their greatest times of need. Let's take a look at this video. We end the week with Steve Hartman and what everyone can learn from a four-year-old. He's faster than a speeding stroller, more adorable than a wet kitten, and able to get a stranger's attention with a single courtesy. Excuse me? This is America's latest superhero. Don't forget to show and the only superhero with the power to feed the homeless. Now, why do you do that? You know what, Mr. Steve? It's just the right thing to do. Is it? Yes. You want honey? By day, Austin Pirine is a mild-mannered four-year-old from Birmingham, Alabama. But about once a week, he turns into this alter ego. Would you like a sandwich? A superhero set on feeding as many homeless people as possible. Thank you. What's your superhero name? President Austin. Uh-huh. President Austin. President Austin. President Austin. That's his idea of what the president is supposed to do. I was like, buddy, you have no idea. <laughs> but hey, I'm going along with it. TJ says this all began when they were watching a TV show about pandas. It showed a mama panda abandoning a baby. TJ told his son the cub was now homeless. He says, what's homeless? I said, well, it's when you don't have a home and sometimes you don't have mom or dad around. I can tell what the follow-up question is going to be. Yeah, are people homeless? When I was a four-year-old, I didn't care about helping people. I did. I see. Once Austin learned some people are homeless and some are even hungry, he launched this caped crusade told his mom and dad that he wanted all his allowance and money they would spend on toys to go toward chicken sandwiches instead. Oh, thank you, baby. You're welcome. Don't forget to show up. After he gives out each sandwich, yes. he gives each person that same bit of advice. Don't forget to show love. Don't forget to show love, he tells them. And most do, immediately. Well, thank you. It warms my heart to see him. It'll warm anyone's heart. Yeah, he really did, man. 
Raymont Boss says this kid gives him hope. That's, that's, that's where it starts. Don't forget to show love. Everyone who meets Austin leaves with hope. Which is why, with any luck, someday President Austin won't be a superhero anymore. Being the homeless is the highlight of my life. He'll just be a president. All right, come on, Austin. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Birmingham, Alabama. Our world is in great pain, and it's no secret. But when I see children like President Austin, it reminds me of the spirit, and I am fully aware and I fully believe that the spirit still has moves left for us as we await our redemption. Church, may we remember the advice of Austin. Don't forget to show love. And people of God, may we not forget to share the wonderful, beautiful gift God has given us, the spirit that's within. I pray this now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.